welcome to the spotlight day 27 of national podcast post month i'm your host ben beck and i'm bringing you the final stacked episode of the 30 for 30 which um i have one more bonus one that i'm, I'm saving for the for the into december but this one man this is a true stacked episode with four or three guests sorry not four uh four was whose line is it anyway three guests and I love this one so much because two of these guests have are multiple-time guests on the podcast. <clears throat> one of them I'm hoping to get back again, and I'm hoping to get more guests from this show. I hope you guys are fans of Archer because, man, this is a great one. Lucky Yates, Amber Nash, and Chris Parnell are all the rewinds for this episode. Three fantastic cast members from the show Archer, a show that I still watch to this day, and I love it. I hope you guys enjoy this one. It is day 27 of National Podcast Post Month with Chris Parnell, Lucky Yates, and Amber Nash from Archer. Enjoy. And now we are happy to be joined by a special guest. You can hear his lovely voice every Thursday at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. on FX's hit animated comedy Archer. Please welcome... The man behind everybody's favorite mad scientist, Lucky Yates. Lucky, thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Other than uh, being excited, as we are as well, that the Cowboys lost uh, last week, how you doing? Oh, my God. So excited. Uh, Those jerks. I'm from from Detroit, and so, you know, Detroit really got screwed over, and it was the refs that screwed up, right? Uh, but, you know, it didn't do – not that Detroit was really doing all that great, but it would have put us in a position where we could have kicked a field goal if our normally shitty field goal kicker – is that all right to curse? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you're fine. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, if our normally <laughs> shitty field goal kicker, you know, actually scored because most of the season he has not been. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I was glad. I was really thinking the Cowboys were going to get their dick pounded into the dirt uh, by Green Bay because it's Green Bay. But, uh, Rogers, I don't know. Are you guys football guys at all? Am I, am I losing listeners no, left I, and right? I, yeah. We actually uh, just finished up a couple of weeks ago. I, I, My friend of mine and I, we do a, uh, a fantasy football podcast on the network. So, and Ben's oh, right a, on. we're from the Philadelphia area, yeah. so we, we hate the Cowboys. Uh, but Ben's a Panthers uh, fan. I guess the other thing is, like, so many on Twitter, so I had, I had, and granted, it wasn't that many. It was just a few of them, but just, like, the rabid responses I was getting from Cowboys fans, and it was just like, <laughs> guys, nobody fucking likes the Cowboys. Like, nobody. There's a, there's a fucking... Everything that's wrong in the country could be summed up with a Dallas Cowboys. Just horrible. <laughs> that is very true. Um, well, let's let's uh, talk a little bit, bit about your show, uh, the show you're on, Archer. Uh, sixth season just started a couple weeks ago. Now, for the few who yeah. uh, left, who haven't given Archer a shot for some reason, uh, tell us tell us a little bit about it and and your uh, character, the voice that you do, Doctor. Right. Uh, well, for those of you who don't know, Archer, uh, it's an animated uh, comedy about a spy agency, a fictitious spy agency that used to be called ISIS, but unfortunately, the American media got a hold of that name and <laughs> turned it into something horrible. Of because, you know, the rest of the world calls them ISIL. Plenty of when they call them ISIS. Fuck you, media! Uh, anyway, getting back to the show. Uh, it's, an, it's an animated comedy about a, a spy agency, but it's really a workplace comedy and about the relationships of 
the the spies and various employees of uh, uh, of the agency. And it's uh, Sterling Archer is the world's greatest uh, secret agent, and uh, Lana Kane is his on again, off again love, and she is probably the second best agent there is. Uh, and I play uh, the Q, essentially what would be the Q, if you're a James Bond head, yeah. uh, the guy in the lab who makes crazy uh, weapons and shit like that. And uh, he's, he's a real lunatic. <laughs> he's a mad scientist. He makes clones, and he is a clone himself. He's a genetic clone of Adolf Hitler, which is inspired by the movie Boys from Brazil. No, oh, I never saw that one. That oh. movie. Classic Gregory okay, Peck and uh, Lawrence Olivier, good stuff. That's, <laughs> that's the whole. That's what Krieger. Krieger. It's about clones. It's Hitler. Uh, somebody is one, one person hunting them down. Uh, it's great. Great, great, great. It's it's very and. Uh, and I'll freely admit. I know Adam had said in the intro, people who had never given uh, Archer a shot. Um, I will freely admit, I was one of those people. It's it's been on my list to check out. And then we got the press screeners, and I started watching, and I'm going all the way back to season one, man, because I'm hooked. Yeah, uh, man, because you started watching in season six, and Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> the great thing about it is it, it's serialized, right? The things yeah. that happen stay in the universe. Yeah, uh, right. you know, everything has consequences. So things that happened in the very first season uh, you know, are, are still around in season six. Um, and you know we're going strong. So you, there's really the characters that you are that you watched with the season six uh, shows are so different from where they used to be. Right? It's, it's great. It's yeah. really really great. I, and I think one of the things I love about it is I was always a big fan growing up of the television show Get Smart. Yep. And it's I it's kind of similar in ways except if Get Smart was like PG thirteen. <laughs> well, and get smart. He was bungling. Uh, he wasn't good at anything, and that was a, sort of the big joke. Was yeah, that eighty six is a completely bungling agent who somehow always triumphs and, and gets the bad guy. Whereas Archer is an amazing secret agent that works for a shitty spy agent's <laughs> yeah. mother, and it's because of the dysfunction of the employees that are really a family. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really great. It, it, so it is. It, it's, it's, if you love James Bond or any, you know, secret agency, anything, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll love it. Yeah, I'm, de- like, I'm definitely a fan now. I'm going to go all the way back to season one and check it out. And Yeah, you, you, you should. It's, you, you'll love it. You'll love watching. And also just the look of the show, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, as the thing became... You know, more and more popular. Of course, the budget kept going up. But that aside, you know, it started with a very small group of people drawing the show. To now, Floyd County Productions has, yeah, I don't know, well over 100 employees, 125, 150 employees. You know, like big giant studio full of young animators from everywhere in the country that have moved to to work in the studio. Really great, yeah. And, and Krieger so didn't the, even the, the look talk. of the show. The the look of the show has evolved. I'm sorry, has evolved throughout too. Like the season six stuff, they're using a new program called Toon Boom. I don't know the difference between it all, um, but it, it, it's allowing us to like the fights and the action and stuff is even more amazing than it always has been. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a few years since I watched season one, but didn't Krieger not even uh, talk initially? First few episodes, they didn't even talk, yeah. And yeah. You know, I think Adam, that's what he was thinking, is that there would just be this silent creep that was around doing weird <laughs> things. And then I guess, you know, by the third or fourth episode, he realized, oh, it would be funnier if we send this guy to a dinner party with them and make him say the things we're all worried about him doing. So, uh, yeah, it was great. I, and, you know, if anybody threw this show in front of me and said you can play any character you want, just pick one, I would pick Krieger in a heartbeat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> love getting to play it. I'm so fortunate. Uh, I, I know Adam shares this with me, too, and, and it's something I've always wanted to do is kind of do something in the voiceover uh, aspect of entertainment. And I know every project handles it a little differently. I know some of them, uh, you know, uh, I mean, first off, Archer has a, a lot of great voice talent. There's, I mean, yourself, yeah. Aisha Tyler, Chris Parnell, who is from SNL, uh, Jessica Walter, who I recognized right away from Arrested Development. Right. Uh, does the cast all record together, or are you guys in separate no. rooms? You guys no, do it separately? Completely separately. Uh, yeah, going to the booth alone. You know, I'll see Amber at recordings because – you know, they schedule us right one right after the other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll tag team. Uh, <laughs> and I work with Amber uh, every weekend anyway. We're in an improv group together uh, called Dad's Garage. And uh, it's more than an improv group. It's a giant theater, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, we completely separate. Uh, you know, some of the cast is in L.A. Some of the cast is in New York. Three of us are here. Uh, in Atlanta, that's where Amber and I live, uh, and this is where the show is made too. It's, that's why there's that little made in Georgia stand yeah. at the end of every show. It's made right in the, right in the middle of Atlanta. <laughs> well, I mean, the writing has to be fantastic, then. I mean, because well, I mean, it is fantastic, but it the scripting. It's all Adam Reed, man. It's it... all Adam Reed. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is we don't really improvise. Uh, the only time we really anybody ever does any improv is when. There's big group reactions to things, and the script will just say the group reacts to this. Yeah, and then that's when you just like say your you know Krieger exclamations. Um, but other than that, you know, unless a joke really is falling flat out loud because it happens, you know, things look amazing on the page, and then out loud they're just like, eh, you can't sell it. Uh, you know, so you start bouncing around things there, um, and. But that's really it. You know, every word is from Adam's mind to the page. It's great. Yeah, it works so well yeah. with it, with everybody being in different places. It all fits so yeah. well together that it's just, it's amazing. Well, and the, the cast, you know, we did a live tour last year, uh, the show called Archer Live, which is hilarious. It was literally us going out and fucking around on stage for 90 <laughs> minutes. Like, it was so, you know, we showed some clips, but it was us screwing around. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but we adore one another. We're all super close and good friends. And, you know, there's no ego or anything within the entire group. Um, and so we love seeing each other. I'm going to Pasadena this weekend. We have our TCA this weekend. And uh, I can't wait. I can't uh-huh. wait to see all my pals from the show, you know. Yeah. We'll, uh- we'll knock around for a couple of days and have a blast. And then it'll be over. <laughs> For anyone who's unfamiliar with the show, by the way, when he says Adam, he's not talking about me. He's talking about Adam Reed, who basically does a little bit of everything on the show: directs, writes, oh. uh, produces, voices Ray. Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought this was Adam Reed. 
<laughs> you wouldn't have done the interview if you didn't know that, right? I just thought I was talking to Bell. I'm like, Jesus, Adam, why do you ask me all these weird questions? <laughs> you know these things. Um, well, I mean, like you mentioned, the show's gone strong. Season six already renewed for season seven. Season five uh, switched things up a little bit with Vice. Yeah. And I really liked that. Yeah. I really thought it was cool. Um, I, I know some oh. people were a little unsure at first. I wish we kept going. I wish right now we were either running the San Marcos and we were a little government. <laughs> or that we were just running a taco restaurant somewhere. I was going to say, because now in season six, it seems like we're somewhat back to normalcy, if that's even a possibility on Archer. Right. Uh, right, right, so right. Is it safe to say you think season five turned out really well? Oh, I, I think it's, I mean, every season becomes my favorite season once it's done, and I absolutely love season five. I mean, we took giant risks. One of the characters became a country music star. <laughs> we recorded an album. And, you know, it was so much fun. And just so much fun to... It was a fresh... A breath of fresh air for everybody to be, you know, having our characters dealing with other things nor- than the norm, you know, other than yeah. spy stuff and going and in, in infiltrating whatever. Uh, suddenly, you know, we were in the middle of this... Oh, my God, we're selling drugs and we're you know we gotta watch our backs because there's cartels coming up it was just great you know we were we became big victims and you know targets and all kinds of stuff it was a really great season just fantastic again big like characters taking big uh, you just started watching and then you're gonna go to season five or season one i mean but in season five pam who was a big old heavy gal little teeny tiny because she gets hooked on coke so you know for a season one of the characters looks completely different well yeah because that was the thing too because when we got the press screeners they sent us uh they sent us season five as well so i started in some of the couple episodes at the end of season five into season six and it was like a completely different completely different thing yeah but now she's back to normal yeah (laughs) and i hate it Skinny Pam, just because I was like, ah, Pam's not right. Pam needs to be no. bigger than life, man. It's, it's, skinny Pam doesn't work for for me. I didn't like her, but I mean, I loved that the character was going through it. But I was like, me, you're sad. I want you normal again. Let's get Pam. Uh, yeah, let's get Pam some help, guys. <laughs> and like you said, with the show show being a serial, it it uh, the the jokes not only recur within episodes but within seasons. And oh yeah. That's what's so great about it. But, I mean, and, and one of the big question marks at the end of Season 5 was, is Krieger a clone or the real Krieger? Can you right. shed any light as to when we'll find that out this I season? Can, I, you know what? I don't know. Uh, Adam and I, Adam Reed. Adam, <laughs> Adam Reed, the writer and creator of the show. I ask you if I knew. Uh, and I are the only two that actually know which Krieger we have. Not even the executive producers know. There's only two of us that know. <laughs> And uh, it hasn't come to light yet. Uh, okay. We've got two more episodes to record, the big season finale. It's, you know, usually a two-parter, so it'll be like one long, gigantic episode with a cliffhanger. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see the, the, what happens. Is yeah. it going to come out? That, a lot of big stuff happens this, this season as well. I love it. It's great. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if... You guys kept us waiting until uh, the final season, whenever that may be. Yeah, who knows? 
<laughs> well, th- another or, good part. Or it might be just a thing that just goes away. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they just uh, totally ignore it. You know, that happens in shows all the time, too. You're just like, yeah, we're tired of playing with this. It's, it's like a question. It it's like a question from Lost. It just never gets answered. Yeah. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah don't worry it's, about that. Well, it's like in Friends where his son just disappeared from the show after season, like, two or whatever it was. Right. 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 Um, yeah. But another great part about the show is not only the the voices that you guys do, but some of the great guests that you guys have been able to get. I mean, uh, Christian Slater, Burt Reynolds, Ron Perlman, even Kenny Loggins with all the Danger Zone uh, references. Can you reveal or do you know any other guests that we might run into this coming season? I know uh, upcoming Uh, episode three has has a guest star. I know Kumel. Kumel Nanjiani plays a character this year, uh, Rob Hubble. Or Hubel, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Hubel. Yeah. <laughs> Hubel uh, is playing a, a, a character. Uh, yeah, there's uh, good uh, comedians. Uh, you know, we had, with John and Eugene and, and uh, Kristen Shaw, and the, you know, we 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 like using uh, our stand-up buddies um, for, to play characters on the show. That guy. Uh, Rodney, who used to, again, once upon a time, ran the weapons uh, library that, and, and all the ammunition. He was in charge of all the shit. Uh, and is now living on a boat. But he was just a stand-up comedian. We saw warm up for Eugene one time and loved him. <laughs> so they put him on the show. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, you know, you had mentioned, and, and we both have mentioned with all the recurring jokes and everything like that, there's also plenty of pop culture references. I know this past episode, episode two, had at least two or three that I picked up on. I'm sure there's more that I missed. Uh, I know there's a Star Wars reference, a Terminator reference. Yep. Are you are yep. you a really big pop culture junkie yourself? Uh, I, yeah, sure. I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm a big nerd, man. I'm a total geek. I'm uh, a you big Star Wars head. Star Wars and Batman is like a Come into my apartment. That's all that's around. <laughs> oh, these next two. The, I was going to say these next two years must be. Uh, you must be looking forward to them now with the new Star Wars dude, and, and I, Batman. I, and I, I was the original. I was ten years old when Star when the original Star Wars came out. I mean, I am the guy that it was. You know, a, a, a religious experience. Never seen anything like it. Holy shit! What fun! Uh, <laughs> and so my entire life, I've just been a huge nerd about it. So yeah. I think it's an absolute at the right hand. Um, of course, you know, everybody knows the prequel sucked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the best thing Lucas could have done was, you know, hand over the reins. I, I really admire that guy. Um, as much as people shit talk him, uh, he finally was just like, you know what? Everybody always gets so mad at me when I do anything with this thing. I'm just going to sell it off, do good shit with the money, and because uh, he doesn't need it, and, you know, let the people who care so so deeply about it, handle it for a while, you know, because it is, it's our mythology now, and I'm a big mythology nerd, too, um, so, you know, it, it's, unfortunately, like, things like Twilight have worked their way in, but who knows if they'll <laughs> last, uh, Harry Potter will last, uh, things like that are, you know, the modern-day myths of these characters doing extraordinary things and overcoming, you know, so, uh, it, it's great, it's great. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you... I don't know if you saw this. We talked about it last week on our show, but did you see the trailer for the new Star Wars? But it's like a, a fan-made 
George Lucas director's cut where they add all these like crazy things to it to make it absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's just, like so many stormtroopers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dubax, like yeah, stormtroopers on Dubax. And I agree too. I think it's in really good hands with JJ Abrams. I think he's going to yeah. do a fantastic job. Well, and, and, like, and he's the thing. He grew up he's around the same age as I am. You know, he grew up absolutely loving it. And, you know, and he's a great filmmaker. I really do love those Star Trek movies. I, yeah, I do too. Shit on those yeah, a lot so. too. But I, I think to reinvigorate a franchise that was the way do it for the old nerds kitchen of fit that other uh that other show still exists that reality is a part of this reality and spot coming over you know just took care of everything for everybody and still made it fun and cool you know uh, i would i will see those movies until they really start sucking yeah <laughs> well we almost got there with the uh with the tri- with the original prequel trilogy in star uh in star wars Man, yeah. yeah, he did not he do himself. Yeah, he essentially ruined so many things. You know, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just things like that don't child, need but... answers. You know what I mean? You don't need to know where 3, 3PO originally came from. Like, we don't he, need to know. We don't need he, almost, he almost did what Michael Bay did to Transformers. It just yeah. ruined it. Well, he just, he just made his universe, which was so gigantic. He just folded it in on itself too much. You know what I mean? It was like everything was connected all of a sudden. Was like, well, that doesn't... Come on, man. Leave some mystery. <laughs> um, well, going back to Archer for a minute, I know it took a couple... Oh, s- pop, pop culture. Yeah, you asked me about pop culture questions. <laughs> oh, oh believe that, me. Adam and I could talk pop yeah. culture with you all night. It's just, you know, that's that's one of the things that we're both huge fans of as well. Yeah, um, we told us next we'd talk to you about Archer, though. <laughs> what are you currently... Oh, yeah, I mean, we can talk about Archer all day. But uh, what are you currently nerding about? Um, I myself, I'm a Marvel big, stuff, uh, yeah, a lot of the Marvel stuff. I'm, I'm really anticipating Ant-Man after seeing the trailer. Yeah. Uh, Judy Greer is in Ant-Man. She plays, uh, she's Scott's ex-wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause uh, I know the character yeah. too. So in the trailer, in the trailer, you see Judy's hair in her hand. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, the kids, the kids laying in bed. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff shot in Atlanta because I know oh, in, it's become the Hollywood of the South. I mean, there are there really are it's an issue becoming an issue out in Hollywood. Like crews and everything are moving here. It's a lot cheaper. People are super friendly here, but they're also not so gaga starstruck like. There's been no weird mobs or anything, you know, around shoots and stuff like that. It's just everybody just lets them go and lets them do their thing. And, you know, the stars will show up in weird little dive bars and stuff. And everybody loves that they're there and celebrates them, but isn't, you know, doesn't become a madhouse of weirdness. Yeah, because one, uh, one of the other shows I geek out about, too, is shot down there. That's The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the- totally. Even though they're shooting in L.A. with one now, they're going to start a new series. Yeah, the spinoff I know is going to be shot out in L.A. Yeah. Did so. you uh, Did you see the new Age of Ultron trailer? Uh, yeah, I just saw it yesterday uh, with yeah. the Hulk and uh, Stark and the Hulkbuster. Uh, yeah. Thing, which was really great. Just the fact that you knew it was Hulkbuster um, just proves. As it just the fact that you knew it was Hulkbuster proves that you are a pop culture junkie. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, 
so it's just great. Uh, that's another one. Joss Whedon is so perfect. Yeah. Uh, to, to handle that property, those properties, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was really, speaking, going back to Adnan, I was really, really bummed out when, uh, Ed, when Edgar, Edgar Wright dropped. Up. I was, too. Uh, and I, I'm sure it was because they were trying to get it into this Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he wanted, you know, he's been thinking about this movie for so long, wanted to do his movie, and just, you know, I, I so I was really like, ah, it's just never going to be as good, so it kind of, you know, was <laughs> shitty about it, but it looks amazing, um, yeah, I'm really, really, I mean, Paul Rudd, you can't really go wrong with that guy. Yeah, I, I was sold when, when Paul Rudd was cast as the uh, as Ant-Man, and I was really bummed, too, when Edgar Wright dropped, just because... I'm such a huge fan of his films, you know, from from the Shaun uh, of the Dead uh, and that trilogy to Scott Pilgrim, and uh, he's Scott Pilgrim just Pilgrim is so perfect, save for Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> it, it really breaks my heart, man. And you know, I, I don't shit on Michael Sarah. Uh, I think that's one talented and hilarious dude, but he he's a very certain thing, you know. You got to get that guy and and i've read all the scott pilgrims i'm a huge fan of that uh, series and scott pilgrim's a punk man he's not kind of a dowdy wuss like michael Sarah. like a mousy and yeah again no yeah it's just a little like timid you know but scott pilgrim's not timid at all he's just stupid he's a punk he's dumb he makes dumb choices like all young men uh he's so perfect and uh, he, the rest of the film is so amazing. Yeah. That was one of those films that I saw the trailer for, and I was very interested, but I didn't know what to expect. And when I saw the movie, on I absolutely paper, loved it. You know, on paper, Sarah fit the bill. He's Canadian. He's, you know, the same age. He was, you know, I, I had a look that could be converted, but he just, you know, as soon as he starts talking, it's like, God, <laughs> just, I'm not guy that I read in the comic book. Yeah. And the rest of the whole rest of the universe is yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But Edgar Wright is a genius, man. Fucking genius. Yeah. Um all right, get and I guess we should go <laughs> we should try and shift glades, get back to some other oh, stuff. Yeah, sure. But, we'll, have yeah, have sure. On, we'll have to have you on sometime just to literally talk pop culture for like a half hour. Oh yeah, anytime man. Let me know. Um, oh yeah, I could, I could talk about this shit all day. Yeah, definitely we could. Maybe like closer towards like when Age of Avengers or Age of Ultron comes out, we'll get you back on. Yeah. We'll talk about that yeah, for a great. bit. Great, great. Um, but I know it took a couple seasons in Archer, but you you got your name listed in the credits finally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're you're listed as Lucky Yates, but Lucky I know is really just a nickname, isn't it? Well, it's not a nickname. It's, uh, you know, in the Screen Actors Guild, in the union, there can't be two people with the same name because they're, they're protecting, you know, residuals. They don't want the checks going to the wrong guy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so my name's Matt. And I went to go get my union card, and they were like, great, you can't be Matt anymore <laughs> because there is already a Matthew Yates with a card. And I was like, can't I just be Matt? And they were like, nope, you Got to come up with something else. You know, it's so close to becoming sheriff. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, you know, just because I thought it would be hilarious that when I walked through the room, it would be like, hey, sheriff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and the sad chick was really into it, too. She, she was 
like, I think that's brilliant. There's not <laughs> another one of those, I can tell you. And But then I called my folks and uh, was like, hey, man, I got to come up with another name. And I got nothing but sheriff. <laughs> and, you know, go through the family record books, see if there's, you know, see if there's anything that I can use that, you know, I, I can adopt all of a sudden. Um, and they called back and, you know, giving me a list of just regular common names like John and Stephen and Chip, and I'm not just going to suddenly become John. Hello, John? What? <laughs> no, I'm Matt. What? Uh, but my father, who's silent for you know, a good 20 minutes till we go through all these names, just finally opens his yab and says, what about Lucky? And I went, Lucky Ace. That's perfect. That's my name. That's exactly it. And they laughed, and I was like, keep laughing, but that's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. And I got the extra added bonus of my dad naming me. So, you know, and, uh, and I was living in L.A. at the time. I had gone out there for a year just to check it out. And um, out there, man, as soon as you do that, it's such a common thing. Everybody immediately switched over. Everybody. Whoop. <laughs> People that had known me for years and years as Matt were just like, hello, Lucky. <laughs> So now everybody everybody calls you lucky. You don't go by Matt anymore. Yeah, yeah. Even, even my folks. My dad has just started to taking. Uh, I mean, I became Lucky Yates in 1999. That's when Matt Yates died. Uh, <laughs> well, he's still uh, out there somewhere, according to Screen Actors Guild. Women, he was killed by a jealous lover. Uh, anyway, in, since '99, and he's only now swallowed his pride, and he's one of Mandy. <laughs> call me lucky but it's worked uh, out very well it's a good name man it's a really good name and I, I love it I love it more than my original name I should just have it changed but uh, so much paperwork <laughs> yeah Sher and, and, Sheriff really would have been great I'm, yeah, I sheriff. just keep thinking about sheriff. that <laughs> Sheriff Yates oh, I'm dumb it's so dumb <laughs> you know, it would have made me laugh every time <laughs> I'm sure I would have regretted it you know I've never once regretted lucky I'm sure I would have I have a dog, uh, his name is Abe, and so when, we, when we're when we together and we meet, like, you know, the dog owners love to meet other dogs, Yeah. Uh, and if it gets as far as names, man, it throws them for a loop. <laughs> the dog is named Abe, and I'm named Lucky, and they're just like, what? <laughs> well, you had, uh, you had mentioned... Uh, earlier that you and Amber do you Amber Nash do some improv and just an observation, you and Amber Nash are the only two in the opening credits who don't use that little bouncing dot bullet, whatever it is, in your actual name. Everybody else has like an I or a J or something that uses it and you two Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I never noticed that before. Well, just now you won't take stop my eyeballs notes. off my name. Actually, <laughs> now you won't I stop I like watching Krieger chase it. Krieger chases it, which I think is fun. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah, once I noticed that I couldn't stop, it was like when you see the arrow in the FedEx, it just doesn't go away after yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the A to Z at the yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, like um, you said, you guys have been doing uh, improv. How long have you personally done improv? Uh, I started back in 
did you ever think of maybe, uh, you know, with uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway coming back and Aisha Tyler, one of your co-stars, being the host of uh, Whose uh, Line We know Thank those you. guys, uh, you know, because of Aisha and Colin Mockery comes and plays with us a lot, uh, actually. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, right on. Keep going, guys. <laughs> I don't need to be on t- I'm already on TV. You know what I mean? I don't need to be on TV. That's fine. I like doing it in front of an audience. Yeah. Uh, you know, would I guest on that show? Absolutely. But, you know, start a letter writing campaign. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, you know, I'm happy. <laughs> um, this is all I've ever wanted, so, you know, I'm good. I, I know you've been doing the, the convention circuits now, too, uh, with Archer and, and the cast. Yeah. Uh, how long have you guys been doing the, been doing the conventions with Archer, uh, since uh, it's been on? I did a ton of them last year uh and it was just it's just pretty much amber and i but, but you know we go and we'll do an improv show and you know we're more than happy to do it we live here in atlanta and we're not always in a movie or on television or something like that so we have the time uh but you know as soon as any of us get busy or whatever that's you know that'll probably nip at least the show thing in the bud but yeah. during the cons was great man i love it i love going what did you think your first time going? The Polacons are a riot. Yeah. What, what did you think your first time going? Because I know they can be a little crazy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, no, dude. DragonCon is here in Atlanta. Uh, and I've been going to that since I've lived here. And so, you know, I've seen the con from the nerd point of view a, a thousand times. Yeah. And then it's just suddenly found myself on the other end of it, you know, so... Yeah, it's going to be fun, cool. Because I know exactly what the dudes on the other side of the table are going through. So, yeah, I'm like, Dave and I are the most approachable people on the planet. Because we're not like, well, whatever. We, yeah, we play these characters, but we don't feel like we're big deals. You know, just like, we're happy to be here. Yeah. Were you going to the conventions a lot before you started doing Archer then, knowing for what it's like uh, from the other side? I was just Dragon Con because it was here. You know, my goal, my dream was always to get to Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, and finally that started happening. Like I said, like, I've, I've hit all my, I've hit everything I've wanted. Popular cartoon character? <laughs> check. Playing mad scientist? Check. <laughs> uh, panel at Comic Con? Check. Okay. I yeah, know, we... what do I do now? I, there's a talking doll of Krieger, like, doll, <laughs> like okay, uh, oh, yes, I'm going to go to mechanic stool. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to do our first uh, con this year. We went to Philly uh, Wizard World Comic Con. And I got to tell you, it was um, not ever being to one. I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. And, you know, obviously we said you're a big pop culture junkie as well. The costumes there are both um, – all over the place, and some of them are really detailed and very, like, Dude, the really work good. that people put into their costumes is mind-boggling. And most of those people, you know, they work, like, full-time jobs and have lives and shit like that, but they also build these unbelievable costumes. It's like, Jesus, man. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, and Dragon Con is a huge costume con. It's big fan-based, you know, like, Things like Con- the San Diego Comic Con are very, it's like a trade show that the public is invited to. Where, because there's so much, you know, TV and film and all that kind of shit. Right. Uh, whereas Dragon Con, it's fans just coming and hanging out with each other, and then there are panels with, you know, goofballs. You know, they, you know like all the stars' panels are nothing like 
uh, you know, at Comic Con or anything like that. They're not so giant structured and everything. It's it's super loose. So if people flock to it, they go much more insane costume wise because that's really what it's all about. Yeah. It's fan celebrating fanhood. We should try and uh, we should try at some point to see if we can get you and Amber up here for uh, for Philly Comic Con. Because that would just be. I love it. I love it. Love Philadelphia. Uh, Love it. Love it. Love it. I love how uh, we we did an Archer Live there once, and it was like our third or fourth show. It's very early thing, and we uh, we opened the show with a gag that. So I I went out and I would do like ten minutes of just warming up the crowd and and everybody was explaining the show, and then I would introduce all of the rest of the cast one by one. And then when we finally introduced John, he was backstage on a microphone, and every city we were in, we hired, we tried to hire, we never, we never succeeded. We tried to hire an actor that kind of looks like Archer, and he was, <laughs> we made him wear, like, the black tactile neck, and he was to come out and just mouth the words while John was backstage talking, so it looked like Sterling Archer was there. And it's really brilliant, and, you know, people loved it. But in Philly, we got food, like, immediately, you know, and it was great, because, like, me and Amber and Aisha, you know, all the stand-ups and stuff like that, and comedians, you know, live theater comedians knew, oh, this is fucking brilliant, they hate it, but they love hating it. Uh, other, you know, out of, out of everybody else, including our executive uh, producer, who was also... Once he came out on the stage, he took over the running of the show. Uh, it threw him, man. He thought he hated us. And we're just like, he was so, he was a nervous wreck the rest of the show because he's just like, oh my God, they're doing this, they're doing this. This is not going well. This is a disaster. This is a disaster. We've made a horrible mistake. But no, no, that was It was chilly. It was greatest. That's great. Yeah, we'd love to get you up here sometime. We'd love to meet you in person. Yeah, right you know? Yeah, I love it. Um, I know we're getting close to the end of the interview, but um, I wanted to bring up uh, the fact that I saw on, um, you know, looking back into some of the stuff that you've done. I know Good Eats hasn't made any new episodes in a couple years. I uh, know. That show is long, uh, long in the grave. Uh, yeah. Man, that was fun. That was fun, fun, fun. I love doing that show. I'd love to work with Alvin again, but, you know, now he's super duper busy. He's hosting every other show on the Food Network and you know, does all those game shows and writing for magazines and all that kind of stuff. He's a busy man. I wouldn't be surprised if he just moved out to L.A. at some point to, to make it easier. I haven't seen him at all last year. And he and I are buddies. Yeah. Um, we get together, you know, and have lunch here and there or something just to catch up. Uh, and we always stay in touch, you know, email-wise and stuff like that. He's been so – I barely even heard from him last year because he's just so busy. And he did a tour. I did uh, some puppet stuff. Uh, we filmed some puppet stuff for his tour. He did that all last year and a little bit this year, too. So, yeah. You think you'd still be doing some episodes if they were still making new ones? If they were still doing them? Oh, I would absolutely do them. We shot them here in Atlanta, uh, and they were a blast. And we had well, so much fun to do that show. So much fun. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're definitely, uh, like I said, I'm hooked on Archer now. You, it's converted me. I'm definitely a fan right. now. I'm gonna go back and rewatch them all, and it's funny now because with the F, with the um, the press screeners that we have, not only can I get caught up, but I can now actually get ahead of, every, yeah, <laughs> of everybody yeah. else. The thing is, too, it's a, it's a smart show, and that's what you know. There's a lot of dick jokes and a lot, of <laughs> jokes, but ultimately, it's a super 
Park show. And that's what really hooks people, I think. You know, yeah. it's not just another dumb, you know, action comedy full of fart jokes. Uh, it's really, really smart. Yeah. Oh, definitely is. I mean, it had me. And it's just some of the just some of the little jokes are the ones that got me laughing the most. It's yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely. There isn't an episode that goes by that I'm usually not googling something to figure out what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I actually, have to do jokes, that. A lot of jokes run deep, man, and you're just like, I don't even know what that means. Oh my god, look at how brilliant that is! <laughs> you know, it's great. It's great for you to have to work with the punchline somehow. Yeah. Uh, well, Archer airs on Thursdays on FX, 10 p.m., uh, and we definitely want to get everybody who hasn't checked it out already to go ahead and check it out. Because I'm telling you, yeah, you're, you're going to love it. Yeah, no see, reason to not watch it if it's on the Netflix. Yeah, yeah. seasons one through four, I know, as of right now, are, are up on Netflix. Um, yeah, and season five is on the DVD Blu-rays, uh, so it'll be on Netflix soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, your Twitter handle, at Lucky Yates, so we want to encourage everybody to go there, yeah. follow you as well. Yes, both Ys are involved. They'll use the K-Y-Y-A-T-E-S. And uh, actually, right, uh, Krieger's Twitter feed, too. Uh, if you want to follow Krieger, Oh, Krieger has his own Twitter, Twitter feed. It's uh, at Krieger Signals, um, and it's Krieger, K-R-I-E-G-E-R, Signals. You uh, tweet for that, too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm the one that writes the tweets. And Amber writes uh, Pam Booby tweets, and Pam is at Pam's Gossip Train. <laughs> and that's all coming out of Amber Nash. Uh, oh, so that's, that's... That, that's sort of where we get to improvise and cook up little lives for our characters outside of the show when we're writing Twitter. Because you know, Pam has an amazing life. Krieger runs a lot of things down in the sewers. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, we have to turn everything in. Everything has to be approved. So it's all it's all part of the world, of the canon, I guess. Of the Archer, uni- of the Archer universe. Well, now... Yeah. Uh... Now, at NXT Level Radio follows all of those. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, Amber, Amber C. Nash. Amber is Amber C. Nash. She's funny. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to follow them on my personal account. Yeah, I think we actually too. might get a chance to talk to her in the coming weeks. Yeah, yeah, you should. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell her it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Put in a good word. Yeah, yeah, I totally will. Yeah, so, great. Uh, well, Lucky, this was a lot of fun, man. This was... Uh, We'll definitely yep. have you back on in the future to just talk some pop yep. culture stuff. I would love it. Anytime, guys. All right. So we had a, so a couple of weeks ago, we had a great opportunity to speak with the one and only Lucky Yates, uh, one of the voice talents from the hit show FX – or from the hit FX show, Archer. Uh, and this week, we're talking to yet another one of those great voices. She comes from a long background in improv comedy as well as theater, but you might know her better as the voice of the socially inept Pam from Archer. Please welcome the wonderful Amber Nash. Amber, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I, I, before we're going to talk about Archer, obviously, but before we get started, I want to delve into your your background a little bit. You have a pretty extensive background in improv and theater, as I said. Um, mm-hmm. What made you want to get into improv? What made you get started in improv? Uh, I was actually in college. Uh, it was my first year of college, maybe my second year of college. I was nineteen. And I was studying biology and getting a minor in philosophy, of all things. (laughs) And uh, I was like, man, my life's kind of boring. I need, like, an outlet of some kind. And uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, I just saw this thing. And improv wasn't really that big of a deal yet, in Atlanta at least. And uh, he's like, I saw an improv show. You should come check it out. And so I went with him. 
And I was like, that is what I want to be doing. And so I took classes at that theater, which is called Whole World. It's still here in Atlanta. And then I took classes at another place uh, called Laughing Matters that does, like, corporate improv. And then I, I found myself finally at Dad's Garage. And all the while, I was getting a degree in psychology, and then I started working in the field. And eventually, I decided to quit my job, my real job that was giving me a real regular paycheck <laughs> to become a full-time improviser. So, yeah, that's how I got started. I saw a show, and then I took a bunch of classes, and it was that was it. So you're, you're you're telling me that the minor in philosophy was not enough excitement in your life to, to get you by? Amazingly, I know. I thought it would be, but amazingly it wasn't. Tell us a little bit. I, I did a little background reading, obviously, when we were prepping for the interview. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about what the Doug Dank Project is, because I know you co-founded that. Yeah, that's right. The Doug Dank Project was kind of an offshoot from some of the people at Dad's Garage. Uh, my friend Renee Delafont started the show, and it's... Uh, it's basically uh, the form. There's a format called Armando that was actually created by uh, Armando Diaz, and it's the monologist tells stories, and then so it's usually like a famous person or someone of note uh, from from the town that you're improvising in, and then the troupe does um, improv based off of their stories. So it's all based off of uh, true stories that the monologist is telling. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I can, I, I definitely know. Um, that how in, how difficult improv is. I, I went to this actually this past Saturday. I went to a show. There's a comedy club in Philadelphia called Helium. I don't know if you're familiar with at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to. It was at midnight on a Saturday night. I went to. It was what they call a comedy roulette. And they had eight improv comedians come out. Everybody from the crowd wrote suggestions and put them into a bucket. And then each comic had to come out, pick six suggestions, and then incorporate them into their act in one way right. or another. And or yeah, and they, they had to go through the six suggestions. And then throughout the night they eliminated half each time until they were down to one. And wow. I mean, and it was so we got a couple rounds of comedy, we got a full two hours worth of improv comedy, but you could tell there were a lot of people that were definitely really nervous and kind of new to it. So it, it's it's not something obviously I don't think is for everybody. But um, between... I don't think so. I, I think that a lot of people are like, oh, my God, it's such a terrifying idea to get up there and not have anything and go. And I think there are, like, certain personalities that gravitate towards that kind of thing because, yeah. like, doing stand-up, like, ter- the idea of that totally terrifies me. But <laughs> doing improv, I'm like, nah, that's nothing. I just got to open my mouth and let stuff come out. Yeah. So between the theater and the improv, I would assume just by the conversation and the way it's going, you would probably feel that the improv was a little bit more rewarding. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I love doing theater, like I, like scripted work. Our theater actually also does scripted work, but all of our scripted work is uh, created by our ensemble, so a lot of it comes from a place of improv. But I do enjoy doing improv because it's you're in that one theater with that one audience for that you know hour and a half, and that show's never going to be seen again. You know, it's just magic when it when it all comes together and everybody's there for that one thing, and then that's the end of it, and it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I know when we talked to Lucky, too, he said, you know, obviously he does some improv. Did you guys ever, uh, I know Archer probably keeps you pretty busy, but you ever think about doing a little bit of touring with it? I know, like, Archer Live uh, went around, but, like, touring with the the improv aspect of it? Oh, yeah. Actually, I've been touring, uh, doing improv shows for years now. I've actually been all over the U.S. and Canada, and I've done three, four European tours. And so, actually, our theater actually tours quite a bit. And I was doing that a lot before I even 
started doing Archer. Uh, and Archer is actually not nearly as time-consuming as you might think. It's actually <laughs> the easiest job on Earth. <laughs> like, doing voice work is, like, the easiest. I'm, I have to go in once every two weeks for, like, 30 minutes. So it's not a time-consuming <laughs> job by any means. And well, if I'm gone, like, I've actually recorded in from Canada. Like, I've recorded from from all over the world because they're like, yeah, awesome. just find the studio and we can record you anywhere. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. I, the, I mean, my, the main reason I asked that is because I, I want you guys to come up to Philly and do like an improv show up here. I think that would be uh, one of the most totally. things. Yeah, well, I got to so find cool. out who these Helium guys are because there's so lots of uh, theaters have tournaments or festivals and they'll bring in groups from other cities and we've been all over the place, but we don't have a contact there. So I'll oh. have to get that information think- and then... I like, can. Hey, bring I was going to say we might have. I, I actually know the contact at Helium, so I could definitely get you that information when we're you know down the road. So because Helium is yeah, for sure, and then Lucky and I could come up and do an improv show for you guys. Oh, that would be yeah, fantastic! Because awesome. <laughs> I've I've been to Helium quite a few times, and it's it's a great club. It's it's one of the things that you would. It's pretty much what you would want because we've talked. I've talked to a number of comedians who have performed there. I've had friends that have performed at open mic nights there, and they are. It, it, I've been told just from numerous comedians that are there, it is what you would expect out of a comedy club. I think the stage is That's a little great. small, but yeah. But I mean, from what I understand, it's it's what you would expect out of a comedy club, or what you would want. That's great. And actually, something funny is Lucky and I started a couple years ago. Started getting contacted by small cons like all over the place to do con appearances because, like, you know, we're not. Aisha Tyler and John Benjamin, like we're easier, <laughs> we're a little bit more accessible, yeah. and we're not nearly as busy and famous as those guys. And so the smaller cons would be like, "Hey, you guys want to come out and, and do this con for us?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And so we'd be doing um, a panel. You know, it's Lucky and I sitting on a panel talking about the show and answering questions. And then we're like, "Hey, why don't we do an improv show?" And so now we started when we go to small cons, we'll do a panel one night, and then the next night we'll just do an improv show for the con audience, and it's become like one of our favorite things to do because it's just that never happens at a con where you actually get to see like people that would be on the panel do a show for you so it, it's yeah. been really fun to do that yeah that's awesome um well get, getting into archer a little bit um you know most people i would think know what archer is by this point especially after listening us talk to lucky so uh, we got a, a decent background on archer there but for anyone who isn't familiar with uh your very unique character pam Poovy, can you tell us a little bit about her yeah, well, Pam uh, was introduced to me, actually, before I even got the job, as a sturdy bisexual director of human resources <laughs> that everybody shits on. Basically, they're like, she's the one that everybody shits on. Um, and she totally takes it. She totally is bad at her job. She's an irresponsible person. But I think, like, at her core, she's, like, a pretty stand-up person. You know, she grew up on a farm. She grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin, and... Um, she's just as much of a fuck-up as everybody <laughs> on the whole show is. Um, but, yeah, she she actually ended up, after season one, season one she definitely was just getting, like, shit on all the time. Yeah, but yeah. she started to kind of come into her own season two and three and become, like, this major badass that, like, is a drift car driver. She's, like, a graffiti artist. She's a bare-knuckle boxer, like, she's just, there's nothing she can't do, which has been one of the most fun things about my job on the show is just like watching Pam like blossom into this total badass. Yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks ago with uh, um, Edie's wedding, that episode, she was a, a pretty good badass at the, towards the end of that episode too. 
Yeah, it was great. And the fight scenes, like, the animation's getting better. Like, everything about the show's getting better every single season, which is amazing because it was already, like, so good to begin with. Uh, but the animators are, like, fucking killing it. Like, the fight scenes and the yeah. avalanche scene that happened earlier this season, too. Like, good God, it looks so amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, Pam's just, she's coming to her own. She's a bit of a badass. I mean, she has confirmed kills now, you know, being a field <laughs> yeah. agent, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and actually on her on her back tattoo, um, at the <laughs> top, right. there's like hash marks, and those are yeah. all the people apparently that she's killed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, like towards these later seasons, I haven't seen the earlier seasons for a while now. Um, sometimes I'll go back and watch them, but like, you, you kind of forget that she started out in HR at, at, right. at ISIS. Like, totally. She's such a badass. But, I mean, and I mean, the, the best way to describe her, I mean, with all the the noises that she makes, the burps, and I mean, she, she really, like you said, she doesn't give a shit, which is awesome. Do you also voice like the multiple multitude of sounds that she makes like the burping and things like that do you also have to kind of burp on spot like that it depends like every once in a while usually like when they do a burp it's uh not me they just put it in afterwards okay. and i'll always be like come on guys let me try <laughs> so i'll like try in the booth and they're like it's okay we can totally find a better one it, like but all the like munching and like eating like that's all totally made just not burping <laughs> I, I, it's, tough. it's tough to especially on the spot like that yeah yeah i know one of the things about pam and i thought it was specific to pam but i'm starting to realize because um i i had never seen the show before we talked to lucky we, we obviously the great people over at fx sent us screener copies of uh, season five, which was Archer Vice, which I loved, mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. and then a couple episodes of, of season six, uh, this current season that we're in now. So I got to watch them, and it had always been on my to do list. It had always been in my Netflix queue. I wanted to watch it, and now I'm completely hooked. I went back to season one, <laughs> and I started from the beginning, and I'm, and I'm getting caught up. And one of the things yeah, I, that's kind of what happens to people it, is like once they see one episode, they're like, "Oh, now I get it," and then they get hooked to it. Yeah, and I was I was disappointed that I had waited this long to to check it out. Right. And <laughs> it, one of the things I noticed about Pam, at least at first, and now I'm starting to notice, it's not just Pam; it's pretty much every character on that show. That the one thing she was missing is a filter. That she just has none. And every totally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and getting into that a little bit, I have to ask just because I heard that I heard it and I was curious from the beginning, where did the phrase shit snacks come from? That's you know just what's funny is there's a, a bit of a debate about where shit snacks came from, because I am for sure that Adam wrote that into a script, like for sure. And then it just kind of stuck as a catchphrase. I don't know if he was intending it as a catchphrase in the beginning. But then, like, not long ago, maybe, like, a couple years ago, we were on a panel, and Adam said that I improvised the line, shit snacks. And I was like, no way. Like, I would have <laughs> never come up with that. Like, I appreciate it, but I would have never come up with it. So he says that I improvised it, but I totally didn't. I know that he wrote it. But another funny thing is uh, Jessica Walter, the first time she met me, and we'd already, I think we were already almost in season three, and I hadn't met Jessica yet because we all record separately. Um, and I live in Atlanta, and she's in New York. And she was talking about Pam and how much she liked the character, and she said, holy shit cakes. <laughs> and I was like, that's what it should be from now on is shit cakes. <laughs> I would take credit for that, though. I mean, even if you didn't say it, if he gave you the credit for it, I would take yeah. it because that's just, <laughs> that's just such a classic line. Cards, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It should be like a, uh, uh, one of those license plates, the uh, vanity plates. Right. Totally. You put it on uh, Amber. You put it on a business card. Amber Nash, inventor of shit snacks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be perfect. Perfect marketing. Actually, come up with like I don't know. Just make it like um, chips or something, and call it shit snacks. Yeah, or like little like fudgy cake rounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, perfect. that actually makes more sense when it comes to pan. Yeah, and there's people <laughs> all the time online that'll tweet to me like pictures of them like. Making green Russians or shit snacks or like you know for the Archer premiere they make all these ridiculous like Archer themed snacks it's pretty hilarious yeah. and most of them like revolve around Pam because I don't think anybody else in the show ever talks about food. <laughs> well, I mean, and well, shit snacks isn't the only phrase that she has. I mean, she uses sploosh, she uses inappropes. Yep. And with all the sayings and everything and and all the voice work that you do with Pam, do you ever find yourself using those phrases in in real, in real life? You know, I don't, and I, I've like I've made a conscious effort not to, uh, because I don't want to be like that douchebag that says lines <laughs> from that show I'm on. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like I also have like a drawer full of like amazing T-shirts from the show, but I can't just like wear them around because I'd be. So all my friends in Atlanta are like, "Okay, hot shot, like keep it <laughs> under wraps." <laughs> I love inappropriate, by the way. I, I, I inappropriate is pretty great. Yeah, I've tried to install that in my daily life. It's just, it's tough. It's tough. To, yeah, I'm and it's starting to bleed to... over into other characters too. Everybody's yeah, using it now. Yeah, I never use the word inappropriate, so I can never use the word inappropriate. It's, it's tough. Right. <laughs> um, and, and when you, I mean, when you do the, when you do the character Pam, the voice, you know, obviously, as we're talking to you, you can tell you do. You have to use a little bit of inflection in your voice that you know. Not every voice is just talking. Like, I can talk and do a voice. Um, do you have any other characters outside of Archer that you've come up with, like, in your improv or anything like that you'll, that you'll use? Oh, yeah. God, I've got tons of them. Because um, doing improv, like, you, you, we're always doing character work because our theater does a lot of that. And so we do, like, uh, for years, probably 16 years now, we've been doing um, Scandal, which is an improvised soap opera. And so when a season of that show starts, you play one character for, like, 12 weeks. Um, so there's characters from that, and there's characters from just improv shows. Like, I, I have my favorite character, and everybody that works with me at the theater will tell you this, is, like, I love playing an old man, like an old <laughs> prospector that usually ends up being a ghost. <laughs> You're like, oh, here comes Amber with her old prospector character again, but I just love it. It's my absolute favorite and you know, like Southern people and um, you know Hispanic ladies. I've got I've got tons. I'm not actually really great at doing voices. There's so many people out there that are so good at doing voices and accents and stuff like that. I'm not really great at it, but I'm pretty okay at coming up with a voice for a character. Like if I'm auditioning for something and I get to see a picture of what the character is going to look like, it's like really fun to kind of noodle around and figure out what that character is going to sound like. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think voice acting is such a a cool and, and probably a very fun thing to do. And you, the way you're talking, it sounds like uh, that's pretty much exactly how it is. Yeah, it's so fun. I absolutely love it. And the great thing is, is like I don't have to brush my hair, you know. Yeah. I don't even have to get out of my pajamas <laughs> if I'm doing it at home. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Um, outside of Archer, I mean, when you're just obviously, you know, being part of a voice actor, um, not everybody uses Google and knows what you look like. Um, right. You know, do you ever get recognized just from your voice, you know, out on – the streets, as they say? It's only happened one time, and I, I don't even know how true the story is, but I was actually at the theater, and I was doing a show, 
And a woman in the audience was watching the show, and she kept, like, thinking that she recognized my voice. And she's like, what is it? What is going on? And then she Googled my name because it had been announced at the beginning of the show, and she realized that I was Pam from Archer. So she actually did recognize my voice and figure out who I was based on that. You said uh, shit snacks on stage, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, never. <laughs> That's how she recognized your yeah, voice. She's like, where have I heard shit snacks before? <laughs> <laughs> after, I mean, after seeing your voice paired with Pam, I mean, Pam is this, you know, uh, it's hard to describe her, but she's a hot mess, obviously. Uh, are they shocked to find out what you actually look like? Because, I mean, I, I think ev- every time I see, you know, an animated show, and I look. There's very few people. Maybe Jessica Walter might be the only one who looks like she sounds on the show. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. People are usually a little shocked. Usually, but if, if I'm on a panel, like people are more shocked by what John Benjamin looks like. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that. So different <laughs> from Archer. Uh, but everybody on the on the show talks about how all the characters look similar enough to the actor that plays them that if there was like a live action movie that they could play their character even like Chris and Cyril and, and Judy and Cheryl like they're all kind of yeah. with a little bit of makeup you know oh I think out but of all not the, John and not me I think out of all the characters I think Chris Parnell or Cyril is I think that's pretty spot on I mean I think that totally. looks like Chris Parnell yeah so um, yeah and, and Aisha with um, she she does I think you and um, H. John Benjamin are the only two that, like, are, are just way off base <laughs> when it yeah. comes to the character. Yeah, totally. So, Adam, I just thought about this too. Um, if, if we can get Amber in contact with Helium, and, you know, and get her and Lucky down here, we know two other comic improv comics that we've spoken to that maybe we can yeah. team them up with them. That's true. We, uh... we we've spoken to Colin Mockery and Brad Sherwood from Who's Line as well. I've actually, I know Colin very well. He's actually been down to our theater a ton of times. So, you know, we love performing with that guy. That'd be they awesome. Are, well, they're coming to Easton in November, which is uh, probably about, I don't know, from Philly, what would you say, Ben? Maybe like an hour and a half? Uh, Easton, yeah, maybe about an hour and 20. It's not yeah. not far. There you go. Awesome. Let's hook it up. Yeah, let's work something Who's the other person? Brad, Brad Sherwood. He was another. He, oh, and I, Yeah, I don't know him. I've never met him before. But, yeah, I know Colin well, very well. Yeah, Brad's been touring with Colin, I think, for, what, like 11, 12 12 years? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, I know I'm a big component. I'm a big person. I've just recently gotten into the cons and things like that, and I love dressing up at Halloween parties. And uh, especially more recently, I've seen quite a few pictures of people going to Halloween parties and events and conventions, and they're cosplaying as Pam now. I've I've mm-hmm. seen quite a few people doing that. How does that make you feel to know that you're voicing like a character that people love and embrace enough that they're willing to mimic it like like that? Oh my god, it's the coolest thing ever. I think it's actually the best part of my my job. The first time that I ever saw somebody cosplaying as Pam was at Dragon Con, which is the big con that happens in Atlanta. Yeah, and it was a man dressed <laughs> as Pam, and he looked impeccable, like. His, uh, like, his girlfriend, I think, is a makeup artist. He had, like, the perfect hair. Because for a long time, people were having a hard time finding, like, a good Pam wig. Yeah, he yeah. looked 
amazing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and then this past year, I went back to Dragon Con. We did our, we have a podcast called Dad's Garage Radio that Lucky and I do with another guy named Mike Schatz. And we did the podcast at the con, and there was an Archer Cosplay uh, photo meetup that was happening. And I went to it, and I got my picture taken with, like, 20 pounds. And it was like, I was just like, I could just die now. Like, I could die, and you guys could all eat my body. <laughs> that would be so Pam. Yeah. Uh, I know, right? Do you, uh, do you like going to the cons and stuff? Do you do a lot of them? I do. I don't do a ton of them. Like, before I started doing Archer and was getting invited to go to cons, I wasn't, like, a con person. Like, Lucky, I'm sure, talked to you about it. Totally was. Like, he's all about it. I am unfortunately, like, not as much of a nerd as I would like to be, so I, I'm, I don't know a lot of what's going on when I go to a con, um, but I do like going, and I like, like, I mean, who cannot enjoy, like, people wanting to talk to you and tell you that you're nice and great and talented, you know? <laughs> it's super nice to meet people, and everybody's so cool and so excited to meet you that it's like, of course I want to do this. It's so much fun, and, like, just walking around, because when I go to Comic-Con, like, in San Diego... Being from Atlanta, where Dragon Con is, like, there's so many amazing costumes, and people, like, put so much work into it, and wear a different costume every day of the con, and it's so amazing, and there's not as much of that at San Diego Comic Con, and even at New York Comic Con, so I kind of like the smaller cons, they're they're just, like, a little bit crazier, you know, you don't know what you're going to see. Yeah, yeah, we, um, we, we went to our first one this past year over in Philly. And then I went to another one actually pretty local to me. It's a smaller one, probably like similar to Dragon Con in uh in Allentown. Yeah. And I agree. I mean like like obviously in Philly it's not so media frenzy that it you know, like San Diego is where I can see that not a lot of people wear them. But the the costumes there were absolutely crazy. Like I, I didn't know we be we both didn't know what to expect, Ben and I both, but I mean I, I really was not prepared at all for what I was gonna see when it came to the costumes. Yeah, and you see a lot of like nudity like people are like oh now's my chance to not wear any clothes in public which is also fun yeah it's very true well i mean other than the cons and then um with improv and stuff what do you usually do like you said archer doesn't always keep you that busy um what else do you do to keep yourself busy when you guys aren't in production you know uh, most of it's theater and my my husband is actually the artistic director of dad's garage so i'm kind of like always doing something theater related but other than that, if I'm not, like, working at the theater or doing Archer, I'm usually writing or um, playing with my dog. And what that's pretty dog? much all my day consists of. <laughs> what kind of dog is he or her? She, uh, Her name's Carol, and she is a – well, I don't really actually know what she is. She's a total mutt, but one okay. of the people that lives at my building described her as um, a pit bull – supermodel mix because she looks like a pit bull but she's like gorgeous and has really long legs yeah she's the best uh, you didn't name her carol after the the show did you oh, no that's no, cheryl. i named her carol after no, carol burnett cheryl cheryl yeah. carol she changed her name so much in the first season yeah right <laughs> um well, how often do you and lucky record uh the dad's garage podcast we try to do it once a week. Sometimes it's like once every other week. Um, but, yeah, we do it about once a week, uh, depending on everybody's schedule. And we do it just about anywhere. Like, we'll do it at my house or Lucky's house, or we'll go to a Mexican restaurant and do it there. And <laughs> when we have guests in at Dad's, we'll, we'll do, like, special guest stuff. Like, Colin was actually on our podcast. Um, 
yeah, it's pretty fun. We have a big, stupid time. I mean, we're, it's not about anything. Like, it's just a bunch of people shooting the shit. So if you like to listen to that, then it's good for people. If you don't, then you might get kind of bored. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm asking because I'd, like I'd like to check it out. I mean, are you guys available on iTunes? Yeah, and SoundCloud, and it's uh, Dad's Garage Radio is what it's called. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. You guys should think about doing – if you ever do a convention, I know you guys said you do like live improv shows, but you guys should do like a podcast recording at a convention too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did that at, uh, at DragonCon, and it's so fun. It's so much fun to have an audience. We It was the first time we'd done it with an audience, and we are like, that is way better than doing it with <laughs> a bunch of people staring at each other in a room, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, before uh, before we let you get going, um, it's Oscar season. Do you watch? Have you seen any of the Oscar nomination movies? Because we've been the past few weeks, we've been reviewing uh, a couple movies each week. Have you seen any of the eight uh, nominees? You know, I because I'm a, a member of the union, I get the screeners for the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which a lot of times are uh, similar to what's going to be in the Oscars. So I've seen a lot of them, I think. But not all of them, because I don't know how to hook my DVD player back up since I hook the speakers up to my TV. Um, let's see. What have I seen? Is the is Birdman nominated? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is it nominated for Best Picture? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think, was probably one of the best movies I've seen in a really long time. I actually I absolutely love Birdman. Yeah. yeah I, we're actually about um, to review that in, uh, right after we get done talking to you. That's one nice. of my movies. Yeah, yeah, I really loved it. No, really no, we're not. It. We reviewed it last week. Oh, yeah. You're, you're right. <laughs> we're, reviewing, we're reviewing Whiplash and Theory of Everything this week. Shows you how much I paid attention to last <laughs> week's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Amber, it's been great talking to you. We, we definitely want to uh, you know, encourage people to go and check out Archer. It's on FX Thursday nights at 10 o'clock. Uh, we want to encourage people to follow you on Twitter, at Amber C. Nash. Uh, and I think you're behind Pam's... Twitter account as well, right? Yes, yeah, at Pam's Gossip Train. I also tweet for her. Yeah. Um, so we definitely want to encourage people to go to those two Twitter accounts, check it out, check out Archer every Thursday night on FX at 10 o'clock. Uh, this has been great. We, ha we have to have you on again, and we definitely have to work on getting you and Lucky up, or up here to Philly. Absolutely. We will we'll be on a plane as soon as we figure it out. We'd love to do that. <laughs> Maybe we can host the show, Adam. There you go. Yeah, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, we could do that. And then we could do a podcast afterwards. Oh, that would be awesome. It's going to be a long <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm in for it. I'm committed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Amber, thanks again. This, this was great. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It was fun. All right, so our guest this week is someone who you would know from a ton of film and television. You'd know him from shows like 30 Rocks, A Burgatory, most notably from Saturday Night Live. But he can currently be heard as the voice of Cyril Figgis on the hit TV show Archer, currently in its sixth season. Uh, please welcome to the show cast, Mr. Chris Parnell. Chris, how you doing tonight? I am doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing really good. We're really excited to talk to you. I know we've been anticipating this this ever since we found out that we were getting you on the podcast. So. Well, that's awfully nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I know you. Were, we were talking to you off air a little bit. You're out in LA right now. I am in LA, yeah. How's the weather out there right now? It's pretty swell. It's pretty swell. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, I guess it's in like the mid 70s. It's a bit overcast, but, but sunny overall, you know, but yeah, it's been, it's been pretty great lately. Yeah, that's, when you, you grew up in, in Tennessee though, right? I did, yeah. I grew up in, in Memphis, Tennessee. So yeah, I, I got, I'm kind of curious and I've never thought to ask this to anybody we've talked to out in LA before, but do you get 
kind of lost in the calendar then being out in L.A.? Because, I mean, over here, you know, we're Philadelphia-based. You have the seasons to kind of remind you that it's March or November or something. Out there, do you do you kind of get lost because the seasons all blend together? I mean, not lost. I mean, you know, it's just sort of the thing of as you get older, time seems to pass more quickly. So <laughs> just that cliched thing of, oh, I can't believe it's March already, you know. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, we're always looking at our calendars and our iPhones and all that, so we keep a pretty good, pretty good eye on what season we're in and what month we're in. That's really important to us. <laughs> and didn't you just have, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, did you have a, a son not terribly long ago? I did. Uh, we had a son last, uh, February before last, so he just turned, he just turned one. Oh, well, congratulations. I, uh, I joined the New Fathers Club about three months ago, so oh, I'm a little wow. bit behind you, but I, I know the struggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's a, that's a rough, that's a rough time, I know. <laughs> it's a good time, though. It's a good kind it, of rough. It is. It is. <laughs> um, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, you, right now you're currently on, uh, Archer, which is on FX, like I said, in its sixth season. I know Adam and I are both huge fans uh, of the show. I, uh, I re- I got into it relatively late. And when I say relatively late, I mean last year. I binged watched the last five seasons, uh, into the sixth one in about two weeks time. Uh, one way to do it. Just because, uh, well, cause I watched it and I got absolutely hooked on it. So now I'm 100% caught up. Uh, but for anybody who doesn't watch the show or, or hasn't watched the show yet, cause we're definitely, we definitely encourage people to do it. Tell everybody a little bit about your character, Cyril. Um, my character is Cyril Figgis, and he uh, he started out as the comptroller of the ISIS spy agency. No relation to the real terrorist group. Um, yeah, we were a spy agency for the first four seasons. Um, fairly inept, uh, but it, it's basically an adult animated sort of spy comedy. It, it's a little James Bond, but sort of with a with a bit of a Mad Men look to it. Um, and in season five, we became drug dealers. We did a season, it was called Archer Vice. And then this season, season six, we're back to being spies, but we're not our own spy organization per se. We basically do, we get contracted to do stuff by the CIA. Okay. Uh, and, my, and my character has been an agent. He's been a, a financial guy. And Archer Vice season, I was kind of the lawyer of the group because I am a, I am a, I am a lawyer as well. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, you know, he can do different things. And a sex addict. Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> On some level. Certainly a masturbation addict. <laughs> uh, I know earlier this year we actually had a chance to speak with both Lucky Yates uh, and Amber Nash, who are fellow cast members with you on Archer. Uh, they record out here on the East Coast down in Georgia, and uh, I'm assuming you would record out there in L.A., correct? I do, yeah, most of the time. I mean, I've, I've recorded once in New York while I was there, and I recorded in Memphis a couple of times when I was home seeing my family. Well, I guess so, that... Yeah, generally in L.A. Yeah, I guess that's the ease of voiceover work, is that you can generally do it anywhere there's a studio. It's it's pretty awesome, and, and truth be told, if you have the right uh, equipment, you can really do it anywhere there's a decent phone line, or, or I guess that you the main thing is that you have decent bandwidth, you know, uh, like a good internet connection. You can you can do like you know broadcast quality recordings and things. I haven't done that, but if you have the right setup, yeah, you can do it kind of anywhere. Yeah. So I, I guess it's safe bet to say that you enjoy voiceover work. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. It's it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's. 
it's uh, it's what my dad does for a living. My dad was a was a disc jockey in Memphis, and then uh, went into having his own recording studio and producing and recording voiceovers and things like that. And that's that's still what he does. He's still a voiceover guy in uh, in Memphis. Okay. So I kind of followed in his footsteps that way. Because you've done some other voiceover work too. I think you did uh, Rick and Morty as well. Yeah, we've done we've recorded two seasons. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure when season two is is going to start airing. But I'm anxious to, to see what those look like, and then hopefully soon we'll start recording season three. But yeah, I feel pretty lucky to do Archer and Rick and Morty because they're both really awesome shows, really well written, you know. Do you do, you do the voice uh, for Progressive too? Is that you in the commercials? I do. I do. Okay, <laughs> I, I was like, that sounds exactly like him, but I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Progressive box. The box. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, being, uh, you mentioned season five with Vice and it was completely different, um, as we've mentioned on past podcasts from other seasons of Archer, uh, being that you were briefly the president of San Marcos, was that safe to say that was your favorite season then? <laughs> um, no, I can't say it was my favorite season. I, I mean, that, that was fun to, to, you know, to do that for a moment. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I like, I gotta say, I, I, I like it now that we're back kind of into the, into the spy world, although Adam just told uh, Aisha and me the other night at dinner, he and he and Matt Thompson were in town, told, gave us some some sort of some spoilers about season seven, which I can't pass along, but it's going to be a, <laughs> another shift of sort of our modus operandi. Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking it's complete opposite of San Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Um, I read something online, and I'm curious about this because you know you can't always trust uh, everything that you read online. Were you were you a teacher before you started performing? Um, well, I mean, yes, I taught high school for a year. I had gone off to drama school, um, to North Carolina School of the Arts, and I'd done a year of theater down at the the Alley Theater in Houston, which is a pretty big regional theater down there. And I was in their, you know, like their apprentice company. Um, and then, and, and after that, I, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't quite ready to make the big jump to New York or LA or whatever. And I was a little, a little lost and disenchanted with the, with the theater world. And, uh, so yeah, my, my former high school drama teacher and, and, and mentor and still a good friend of mine, uh, Frank Bluestein, he said, you know, you want to come back and try teaching for a year? I was like, sure. <laughs> so I went back and taught like introduction to acting, introduction to film and video, these classes that I'd taken myself um, while I was at Germantown High School, which is a Germantown's a suburb of Memphis. Um, so, yeah, I did it for a year, but I was I was not really cut out for it. Was it, uh, was it like your character in 21 Jump Street? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> he, he, was, he was a lot more comfortable with what he was doing than, than I was. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, uh, I mean, I, I, I was okay, but I was like 25. I was like so young and not ready to be a, you know, an authority figure. And yeah. now once the bell rang and I was doing, doing like theater stuff with the, the kids in the theater department, we also had this amazing television studio. So when I was working with those kids, like after hours, that was great because they were, they were like what I did when I was there and they were all really devoted to it. But the regular teaching is, I found, I found pretty tough. <laughs> Um, I know as far as your comedy background goes, you got your start with the Groundlings, mm -hmm. uh, which produced, which has produced, uh, 
so many different people who are notable as far as talents today. Uh, you know, a bunch of people from SNL, uh, you know, Chris Kattan, Jan Hooks, uh, Pee Wee Herman got his start with the Groundlings and the Pee Wee Herman show. Phil Hartman. And so, yeah, Phil Hartman. Uh, and I know there's, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, Will Forte, Will Ferrell. You know, there's so many people that come out of it. Uh, when you look back at that, are there any people, um, that you got to work with that you, that you really enjoyed working with and haven't had an opportunity since and would love to work with again? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many people. I mean, I, I have to say, I, I, we did a 40th anniversary Groundlings uh, show or a series of shows, and and I participated in the show that sort of covered the decade that, that that I was there. And so I got to I got to be on stage with some of those folks again, and actually do scenes with a few of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there's so many. We're, a bunch of us are getting together for for lunch on Friday. Um, yeah, there are a lot of them that I, you know, I love. Very talented men and women who, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't give up hope that we won't ever be able to work together again. You know, because if, you know, it's like a lot of them work. You know, so. Yeah. Was there was there anybody that uh, was just your absolute favorite to work with while you were with the Groundlings? Gosh, oh, it'd be hard to pick out one. I mean, it's kind of like picking I, a favorite child. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved working with Anna when she was there, you know, and then happily got to work with her again on SNL and in Suburgatory, but, uh, the guy Brian Palermo, Mike LaPree, Roy Jenkins, um, a lot of, a lot of really talented people, um, that I had fun with. Jim Wise, Scott Wainio. I didn't, I didn't realize either, and I'm assuming it's probably before your time with the Groundlings too, but Pat Morita was a Groundling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, way before my time, definitely. But, but yeah, apparently. Yeah, that that just blows my mind because I I can't see him. I mean, I guess I've seen some of the roles he's done, like Happy Days and things. Oh, excuse me, things like that. So I guess he's got the comedic background. But I just, I don't know. It's just weird for me to think of him in a position like that. I know, I know. It's strange. Well, one of the one of the one of the cool things, another Groundling alumni alumna, um, Julia Sweeney, and I actually got to sit next to her at the the SNL 40th and. I, I think we had met in passing before, but that was the first time we kind of got to, to chat. So that was pretty cool. She's an awesome, wildly talented lady. <laughs> well, we had uh, throughout this interview, obviously already, we've mentioned your your stint on SNL about eight years. Um, my biggest question to you about SNL has to be, where the hell did you learn to rap, man? Because <laughs> <laughs> Lazy Sunday 1 and 2 are, are probably uh, two of the most popular digital shorts that SNL's ever put out. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I felt uh, pretty pretty darn lucky to to get to be a part of that with with those guys. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know, just I mean, it's just something. I mean, we did. I I guess I did some rap sort of improv things at the Groundlings, you know. But uh, you know, the the truth is, I have to confess, I'm not like a huge rap fan, you know. I mean, I I certainly enjoyed some rap. I you know, I like the Beastie Boys a lot and. Um, but it, you know, I, I think it, as long as you have some sense of rhythm and musicality and, and if you can articulate words well, if you can speak well, I don't know. I, I, it just sort of came naturally, I guess. But you know, it's also, it's for comedy. It's like I, I'm, right. I'm a good enough singer for comedy, but I'm not gonna, you know, I don't plan to go on Broadway or go on tour performing with my vocal <laughs> up there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and another one of the, 
more popular digital shorts with rap in it. You didn't rap yourself in it, but the Natalie Portman rap one was fantastic where you were basically interviewing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was just thanks. going off on tangent. That, yeah, that, that was another one I, I felt lucky to be in. <laughs> when, and, I mean, go ahead, Ben. I was going to say, I think Lazy Sunday, too, was pretty groundbreaking for SNL because wasn't that the first digital short that they had aired? I think technically, the, I think uh, they, they had done one, the guys had done one with Will Forte, uh, eating lettuce on the stoop of, it may have been Andy's apartment at the time in, in, in the village. Um, I think that was the first one. And lazy, I don't know if Lazy Sunday was the second, uh, or third, but it was, it was the one that, yeah, I mean, kind of blew up as they yeah. say, I guess. Yeah, yeah, put digital shorts on the map, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you're, I think you're on SNL for what, 98 to 06, roughly, which is, you know, the prime years of my, uh, teenage childhood, as it were. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. I mean, you, you obviously were on SNL for basically my favorite and arguably one of the most successful casts that there have been, uh, on the show. I mean, obviously coming from a long line of successful cast members, but, um, anyone on SNL clearly is gonna, is, is talented just to be on it. But, you know, do you guys, um, did you know back then just how talented and big the names would be that would come out of that cast? Well, I mean, I was I was in the Groundlings, you know, doing shows when Catan and, and Sherry O'Terry and Will Ferrell uh, and then on a gas tire got on, and so you know we we saw oh wow and, and we knew people in the past had gotten onto SNL, but it had been a while, you know, it was right. Kind of, break so uh in time and so seeing them get on it was like wow okay this is pretty cool and you know we knew this could be a possibility for us i didn't actually think it was going to happen uh, happily it did and then so shortly after i got on i mean will and Catan had you know the roxbury movie and and then molly had superstar and you know i mean they were it was pretty clear that they were amazingly talented, you know, and, and so it, it wasn't that big of a surprise. One one big surprise to me was I was actually, I was roommates for summer with Kristen Wiig, just completely platonically, and uh, and I, she was just like taking classes at the Groundlings at the time, but we, we got along great. She was really funny and all that, but I had no idea what, you know, how incredibly talented she was until she got on SNL, so that was, I was like, wow, you know. <laughs> Uh, you, you had mentioned a little bit earlier on too that how you, you were sitting at the, in the audience for the 40th anniversary episode that aired not too long ago. Um, and one of the things, I've been a big fan of Saturday Night Live for a very, very long time. Um, you know, I, I've even watching through all the years that you were on it and in, including previous years. I'm a little bit older than Adam, so, uh, but, you know, and not to show my age. But one of the things I loved, uh, about the 40th anniversary show was they did this, this segment where they showed the audition tapes of some of the cast members. Yeah, and yeah. and some of the cast and some of the people who auditioned who didn't even make it, who surprisingly, you know, are still still made a career for themselves, like Kevin Hart and and Jim Carrey and such. Right. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what was your audition like when you auditioned for Saturday Night Live? Um, I I did. Uh, you're supposed to do three characters and three impressions, and I didn't really have any impressions except Tom Brokaw that I had just sort of by chance realized that, you know, our, our voice was kind of in a similar range and I could, you know, I could kind of do that without too much effort. Um, and then I sort of, I did this MTV VJ at the time, this guy, Jesse Camp. Um, it was 
not a good impression. It's <laughs> uh, further evidenced by the fact that Jimmy ended up playing him in a, in a, in a couple of sketches later on that first season. But uh, I did that, and then I did some uh, pieces that I'd done at the Groundlings. Basically, I'd taken monologues that I'd done at the Groundlings and then just cut them down. I did this sort of perverse preacher character, this lounge singer. Um, I did this kid who, uh, not a kid, like a young man who was auditioning for the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, and he had written his own scene based on the Babar children's book series where he was playing the fear, the monkey. And it was sort of a very Shakespearean scene where he gets killed by Babar. And, um, and then I did a dance piece from a dance to the theme from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'd like to see a tape of that. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's entertaining. But, you know, it was, it, it was the great thing about that SNL audition was you do it on home base, and, you know, Lauren and the, you know, other people are kind of out there in the house watching, but you can't really see them, and you're just playing it all into this camera. And it, I found it really helpful, uh, a, a, an easier kind of audition because you're kind of just doing like a little one-man show, you know. You've got a few minutes up there to show them what you got. And as opposed to like some uh, sitcom auditions and things that, that I had done at the time where, you know, you go into an office and you're sitting like three feet away from the person you're reading for. And uh, it just, you know, just being on stage, having, you know, had a bit of a theater background, that that uh, that felt good. And happily it went well and I didn't screw it up. So. Yeah. Uh, was... um. One of my favorite characters that you did, I'm curious if it was a groundling character or if it was something that you developed on SNL. Uh, was Merv the Perv an SNL character? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was an SNL character. And the, the name came from Will Ferrell because I was, <laughs> I just, I, I guess I broke into some creepy version of, of that guy at a Christmas party and <laughs> was going around to people doing that. And, and Will was like, hey, it's Merv the Perv. <laughs> I know you're, you're, oh, go ahead, Adam. No, I was just going to say, going back to the uh, 40th anniversary quick, um, you made it into, uh, speaking of digital shorts, you made it into the, that's when you break short, right? Were, were you supposed to be like God, I guess? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> if, if, if I, if I was God, they didn't tell me, but, um, <laughs> no, I was, I was very, I was really happy to get to, you know, even I, I was happy that I was in a few clips that they showed, but also I was happy to like be able to contribute something new to the to that live show, even though it was a pre-tape piece. But but yeah, that was awesome. I was I was very happy. I, I'd Again, still the say guys that asked be, me to do that. You know? I'd still say that would be God. I mean, it seriously it looks like the whole thing's recorded in heaven. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's what I'm going. So <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> Uh, something I just thought about too, uh, as we were interviewing, and you had mentioned uh, a couple of things earlier on, uh, like Superstar and uh, Night at the Roxbury. There's been quite a few movies that have come out of SNL characters, uh, and you've been in quite a few of them. I know one of them that I I think is very underrated. I absolutely love is the Ladies Man. Uh, that is probably one of my favorite Saturday Night Live movies. Such a good movie. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Yeah, and, and that's, that's such an awesome character. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, it was one of the first things I sort of did, and I, I had a lot more freedom. Tim was giving me a lot more freedom to improvise and do stuff, but I kind of came a little unprepared, and, you know, I, I, I didn't make as much of that as I could have. But, yeah, I was, and I was, I was bummed for him and the guys that wrote it that it didn't, you know, make, make more of a splash. But, but no, I, I, I love that movie. Yeah. 
Are there it's such a quotable movie too, with all the lines in that movie? Oh yeah. <laughs> Are there any other characters that you know throughout your run on SNL or even now? Uh, I don't know if you still watch it. I, I'm, I'm sure you're busy with Archer and such. So I don't know if you still get a chance to to check out the current cast, but. Uh, any characters that you worked with or that you saw done when you were a current cast member or since then that you feel might have merited their own movie that never happened? Um, um, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, there probably are. I mean, uh, but it's, it's, it's a tough thing unless you have that, the, you know, the idea to really, unless you have the good idea to expand that sketch into a whole you know, hour and a half long movie, it's hard to say, you know. Um, I would have loved to have done a, a DeMarco Brothers movie with Chris <laughs> Tan, but I don't, I don't know that that would have been a great movie, you know. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the characters Kristen did, certainly, you know, it could probably have been made into a movie. Yeah, I don't know if you, uh, if your cast ever mount, uh, cause I don't know how long he's been on the show, but Bill Hader, uh, oh, yeah. has the character Stefan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think if there was any that I would like to see, I mean, I, I don't know, cause I think the whole story behind that with the changing of the cue card to make him break right. on screen is, is probably what makes that character so great. So I don't know if that's something that would adapt that well into a film. Right. If they were to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the character is genius. I mean, it's, I love the way they write it. I mean, I was talking to Bill about it when we were doing the little, the digital short for the 40th show. And it's just like, it's so hard for, for, it was so hard for them to write when they were doing it. Cause it's just like coming up with this right weird thing, the name of the club and what's at the club and all this. It's just so impressive. And, you know, obviously he does it so well. Uh, I, I mean, it would be fun to see the, the movie of that, but you know, a lot of a lot of sketches live better as as sketches, you know, as characters in these little in these little chunks. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, the groundlings and such like that. You're primarily known uh, you're primarily known for comedic acting and your sketch work and things like that. But have you ever uh, tried stand up before? Never. No. Never once. No, and and have. I, I can't say I have zero desire, but uh, it's such a low. It's probably less than one percent. Um, because it just, it's, it's scary to me and it's, it seems so rough and just brutal, especially when you're starting out. And obviously I would have some advantage because of, you know, of SNL, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, in some ways I wish I did stand up because it's, it's a great way, you know, to, it's, it's a great gig, you know, especially post SNL because that gives you enough cachet that I think, from what I've heard, you know, you can you can make a decent amount of money doing it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's very scary to me. I'm on your boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, I mean, we've mentioned all your past works, especially with other SNL cast members throughout the years. You know, other ones, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Thirty Rock, uh, both Anchorman's. Are you uh, working on any right now with some or with any SNL cast members right now on some upcoming projects, uh, whether it, you know it be announced yet or not? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did a I did about a week on this Adam Sandler movie called Ridiculous Six, um, which is a comedy western that they're they're still shooting out in Santa Fe, and uh, I play a, a rather nasty bank manager. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was really fun. I'd never done a western before, and so to you know to get up in that garb and we shot in this little uh, 
you know, fake town where they, they shoot a lot of westerns and things out in the desert. And uh, it was pretty cool. And Adam, who I had never worked with before, except on the, the, the video, sort of, right. for the 40th, is, he's, he's so nice and he's so encouraging and supportive. And then he also, you know, sort of, he contributes, not surprisingly, to <laughs> to the whole thing in terms of, like, giving you ideas for way to play things and stuff and it's uh I love that. I mean I get I, I feel like I'm I can always do such better work, you know, when I'm getting good stuff from from the director. Frank Karachi is the director who's awesome. Um but then Adam also was was feeding me stuff too, which I loved. But uh but yeah that's that's Adam made this deal with Netflix, I think, for his next four movies are gonna Ooh. go straight to Netflix. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so that and then I don't know if I've done anything else with any. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, they're doing Hotel Transylvania too, and I'm doing just like a, I think one line in that. <laughs> uh, and but you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a bunch of different little things, guest stars and things. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious because um, we've another uh, an FXX show, uh, the Man Seeking Woman just got renewed for season two, and and you know, Lauren Michaels has a hand in that. Um, oh, I didn't realize I, that. Yeah, he uh, produces it, I believe. Um, yeah, I, so I guess they haven't reached out to you at all yet, for because I know Bill Hader had a cameo in it and a couple other people. No, they haven't. They have not reached out to me. Right, well, maybe, maybe season two. Next time we, <laughs> next time we talk to somebody from the show, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to make sure they reach out to you. You do that. You do that. <laughs> um, I know one of the final questions because I know we're just about ready to wrap things up. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is uh, when we talked to Lucky and and Amber earlier on, one of the things that we had talked to them about was the conventions. Uh, uh, do you do the convention circuit at all? Um, just, just, just the Comic Cons, you know, because um, FX, you know, sort of, you know, drives us or flies us to either New York or LA. We just did New York for the first time last year, um, but we've been to every Comic Con I think for the last six years, five years, something. Okay. Um, but yeah, not not beyond that, just just those. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that so, I'm, I'm assuming, is that something that you enjoy or is it just another promotion for the show? Um, I, I enjoy it for the camaraderie of hanging out with my castmates because we, we genuinely like each other and we have fun and we like to eat and drink together <laughs> and, you know, and all of that. So that's, that's really nice. And since we don't record together, we only see each other at like Comic Con or if we do an Archer live, which I don't know if we're ever even going to do any more of those, but, um, so it's some kind of event like that, some sort of a press or publicity thing is when we get to hang out and it's fun that way. I mean, it's, it's, have you, have you, have you guys been to Comic Con? Uh, I, I, I was, yeah, Philly. Yeah. Well, I've been to Philly. Ben's been to a couple. I was in, uh, I went to New York this past October. Yeah. I mean, what is, I mean, it's pretty, it's, I find it kind of overwhelming. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I had asked because it's not for everybody. It's, it's, it's a lot of big crowds. It's hard to move sometimes and it's yeah. just, so I know it's not for everybody. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, there's some cool stuff there, but I, I, I walked out on the floor in New York for a little bit and, and I, I went out on the floor again in, in San Diego this last year, just kind of looking for, you know, some, uh, graphic novel art or something that I might be interested in, but it's like, I don't, I don't need to do the floor again probably for a few <laughs> days. It's just too, too much. 
two of yeah, them, I don't think. I mean, the, my favorite part about going last year, and last year was my first one, uh, was, you know, sitting in on some of the panels and stuff and seeing some of the people. And, I mean, when you go, you are the people. So, I mean, there's not much, <laughs> not much, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, did you sit on an, in on any other panels besides, obviously, Archer when you were over there? Just, I did a Rick and Morty panel. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So did you sit in it, like, as it, part of the crowd, like, just kind of sneaking in there? I didn't, no. I mean, there were there were definitely, you know, some some that I would have loved to have, have seen, uh, sat in on and watched. And, but it's just, you know, schedule-wise, it just never seemed to work. Yeah, know? that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Archer airs on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Uh, as of this Sunday, as of tonight, there are two episodes left uh, and before the season six finale. And you guys are signed on for a season seven, so we're definitely looking forward to seeing where, like you said, where the season's going to go with this little bit of a shift. Yeah, we uh, do. Uh, do. Antarctica you, should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, you don't have a Twitter, do you, Chris? I do not. I do not have the Twitter or the Facebook. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, in that case, we're we're going to definitely encourage people to follow Archer's Twitter, which is at uh, ArcherFX. Uh, as well as, you know, many other cast members, uh, as, as well. But, uh, Chris, uh, this, this was a great time. We really enjoyed this. We were, like I said, we were really excited. So we're glad you were able to join us tonight. Well, thanks for asking, Ben and Adam. I, I appreciate it. It was fun talking to you guys. So we'll definitely encourage people to keep watching Archer. Uh, we look forward to seeing any projects that you, you know, you have coming up. Like you said, the, um, the new Adam Sandler Western that's going to yeah. be coming out soon, too. So. Uh, but stick around, everybody. We'll be back in a few minutes with more of the showcast. <laughs>